The City of Marion acknowledges that the Literary Anything podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Garna people and recognizes the Garna people as the traditional custodians of the land. Welcome to Literary Anything, our Marion Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Paula. And I am Jasmine. Welcome back, Jess. Thank you for having me again. A pleasure. And do you want to say what our book is for this month? Yes. So we read James Patterson's not latest novel, probably, <laughs> but James Patterson's Escape, part of the Billy Harney series. Yes. And also David Ellis. James yes. Patterson and David Ellis. Right. I will read the blurb. Yes. Five victims, one killer. When five teenage girls are abducted, Chicago PD Detective Billy Harney leads the investigation to find them. Harney and his partner Carla follow a lead to a remote house, only to find themselves caught in a deadly trap. A huge explosion rips through the building, killing Carla and allowing the kidnapper to escape. With the loss of his partner fueling him, Harney strengthens his resolve to find her killer and to make sure the body count ends there. So this is, yes, the third in the Black Book series. Yes. But we checked beforehand and it said that you didn't have to have read the other two to enjoy this one. So we thought we would go for it. Yeah. And we haven't read any James Patterson before. This so. is our first, first James Patterson. Do you want to talk to us about James Patterson? Yeah. So James Patterson has been around for ages. He's an American author. He's currently 75 years old and still publishing books. He's among the world's best-selling living authors having sold more than 425 million books. Patterson has published more than 200 novels, I think. I thought it was more... Oh, I, according to my notes, it's over 300 now. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was finding it hard to like pinpoint like an exact number, so right. maybe my article was a little bit outdated. I had an article from February... I think it was February of this year, mm. and it said that he his checklist tallies an incredible 282 separate novels okay. so by now it's probably, probably 360 yeah. sorry oh that was from february 2021 oh so, okay yeah. yeah so over 300 yes. novels mm. crazy <laughs> he's prolific so patterson has been the author of more than 114 new york times bestsellers he holds the new york times record which includes 67 new york times number one bestsellers he started off working in a psychiatric facility. Oh, mm. did not know. Doing overnight shifts and passed the time reading classics. Mm. He earned then a bachelor's and master's degrees in English and wound up as a junior copywriter at an agency company, which he became the CEO of at 38. Wow. But his passion was fiction and was writing before and after work. 31 publishers rejected his first novel. Oh, don't you love hearing stories yes. like that? Persistence, people. <laughs> But ironically, that book won a bunch of awards. Mm. Patterson's first major success was with Along Came a Spider, featuring one of Patterson's best-known characters, Alex Cross. And that was made into a movie, wasn't it? I believe with, so. Um, What's-his-face? The guy who, oh my gosh, I can see him. He plays God in that Jim Carrey movie. Oh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, Morgan yeah. Morgan Freeman, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> have seen sure. that movie. And Ashley Judd, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, cool. And his signature style is multiple short chapters that keep the story flowing. Oh, that's his style? Yeah. Okay, I didn't even know that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like a bad library employee. <laughs> so he's been widely criticised for not writing his own books. I was reading an article on like how he's got kind of ghostwriters or people that help write his novels. Mm. He said that he had so many ideas, so he started enlisting other writers to help. Yep. The article was James Patterson, the bestseller who doesn't write his own books. That's the article <laughs> that I got that from. That's hilarious. I got one called The James Patterson Farm Must Be Stopped. <laughs> That's my February 2021 article. <laughs> so he says he produces a treatment of 60 to 80 pages, establishes the plot and characters, and then... He hires a writer to write the full length of the book. Ah, that's how it works. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So that's my background on James Patterson. (laughs) And I just thought we should address the fact, we touched on this briefly last month with Andrea, but I just want to address the fact that people who work in libraries feel some kind of way about James Patterson. Yeah. Because he's so prolific, as we've talked about, so consequently, and because he brings out new novels all the time. So in that article that I read from 2021, he had 18 novels slated to come out Mm. in 2021. Yeah. So you can imagine he's hard to shelve. Yes, yes. (laughs) So those 300 novels are sitting in our adult fiction section, taking up a lot of room. (laughs) And for example, when we chose this book, we thought we'll choose the latest Mm. James Patterson book. And then when I went to try and buy it, it, it was superseded by two yeah. other books. We've got a new one on the new bookshelf. I that saw. is not this. That is not this book. <laughs> not at all. It's probably the next one in this series. Yes. But this is a trending titles book. So yeah. you can get it as a trending titles and not have to wait if you want to. Yeah. But he is everywhere. He's in the kids. He's in the teens. Mm. He's in the adults. He's in the nonfiction. So it's hard to, I, I feel like sometimes we can be a bit jaded about James Patterson. Yeah. And in that article that I referenced, I just want to read this one quote from it. It says, further inspection of his website leads one to discover even more amazing statistics. James Patterson handily provides a checklist for collectors of his work who want to own all of his books. Good luck with that, because it's As of today, that checklist tallies an incredible 282, assuming I didn't miscount them separate novels. For comparison, Stephen King, also a notoriously prolific writer, has only written a mere 61 novels so far in his life. What a slacker. (laughs) That's funny. Some of James Patterson's co-authors have been famous people Mm. like Bill Clinton Mm -hmm. and Dolly Parton. Oh my God. You didn't know that one? No, I didn't know Dolly Parton. Yeah. I kind of want to read that. Yeah, maybe we should read that one. (laughs) But I thought maybe I should just mention a bit about David Ellis, Mm -hmm. who was the co-author on this. He's a judge and an Edgar Award winner, and he's penned 10 of his own novels. He served as legal counsel to the Illinois legislature. In 2014, he was sworn in as the youngest serving justice of the Illinois Appellate Court, where he now spends his days writing judicial opinions. While not engaged in that work, he writes legal thrillers. So his experience and solid writing ability are present in his solo novels, which make for enjoyable reading. So I guess that's, yeah, yeah, you can see his background come out in In this this novel. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So shall we jump into it? Yes. So I don't even know. (laughs) Did you finish the book in the end? Oh, yes, I did. (laughs) I was reading it. We had to reschedule this recording because I was scrambling to finish. But yes, I did finish this morning. Perfect. Perfect. This morning. (laughs) This morning. Oh, wow. So it's fresh in my head. Is it really a morning read? No, it's really not. (laughs) I was reading it mainly at night time. Yeah. 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 So as we talked about in the blurb, his partner's been killed. Mm. And 
so he's after his partner's killer mm-hmm. and after a month he's told he can't continue to chase his partner's killer he yeah. has to join this other special task force who are tackling the imperial gangster nation and yeah so like it, it happens so quick at the beginning so like it was the second page and his partner dies and i'm like what <laughs> what is going on here but even before that they're, so they're after the person who's kidnapped these girls mm. And they're following this white van. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, this white van can't be the white van because we're only on page five. Yeah. And lo and behold, it is. It, it is the white it van. It is the white van. It's it's their guy. Yeah. And then, yes, in the ensuing chase, the bad guy blows up the house yep. where he had left the girl that he had kidnapped. Yep. And Harney's partner gets killed. Yeah. And he gets away. The kidnapper gets away as well. That's right. Because in the explosion, Billy was following him. But then he goes back to the house to see if everyone's okay, which... Is not. His partner's died. His partner's died. But the girl survived. That's right. Mm. Yes. So she, his partner essentially saved the girl's life. And the partner was a young mom who had just reunited with her partner. And Mm -hmm. so she's left behind this young son. And so, you know, Harney is desperate to avenge his partner and avenge her killing. Yeah. But then he's (laughs) on to a next case. Yes. Then he's told, you can't stay on that case. So here's another one. (laughs) So here he is, the hardened male cop loner who platonically loved his partner who's just been killed. And then he punches a wall in the bathroom. (laughs) Who could have seen it coming? So much acting. (laughs) And then while he's arresting someone from the gang that he's now assigned to, the guy who killed his partner just happens to be walking by. Yeah, just walking by. And then he looks at him and he's like, you look familiar. Oh, yeah, you're the guy who killed my partner that I was like looking for for months on end, just walking down the street. And then here you are just by happenstance. And I was like, what? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) But then in in the end, spoilers, it's not completely a coincidence, no, but at first everything I was... is tied together in a nice little package. Oh, are we getting to that already? No, Did you not no, like that, Jess? No, <laughs> keep going. Let's follow, Let's follow along the storyline. So because he nabs the guy who mm-hmm. killed his partner and is seemingly responsible for all the kidnappings of the girls, he gets heaps of accolades mm-hmm. and he's on TV and a teenager comes up to him after seeing him on TV to say, hey, I think my dad is going to kill my mom. Yeah. So <laughs> another case. Yeah. And he immediately is like, I'm going to go investigate your dad. Yeah. And I just thought, like, he's this big shot cop. He's just randomly approached on the street by a random teenager yeah. who says, my mom's going to kill my dad. And he's like on the case. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, no. No. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but anyway, he doesn't get to... The mum on time. Yes. And she is killed by two people that were hired by her husband. Yes. Henry Arcola. Yes. Oh, you're good. I couldn't remember his I name. I wrote down all the names oh. because there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them and I was having trouble keeping them straight. Yes. Yes. It was very hard to follow. Yes. Yes. Should we talk about the characters maybe? Okay. Okay. So we've got Billy. Yes. So he's our main, main cop dude. Yes. Protagonist. We have... <laughs> Jericho, who was the <laughs> leader of the Imperial, the Imperial Nation Gang Nation or whatever gang. it's called. Yeah. Yep. And then he has his little sidekick, Mason, who's the brains behind the organisation. Yeah, he sounds like they describe him like he's on the spectrum yeah. and he's a complete brainiac math whiz and really good with amazing with computers. Yeah, he's like 20 years old, so he's young. So the guy, the kidnapper who... 
killed his partner at the beginning was Donny. Yes. He is the guy. Yeah, he's the guy who kidnaps all the girls, but who is he? Is he kidnapping the girls for himself? I, I don't know. He's kidnapping them for Henry. Henry. Yes, Henry. Who is the teenager's dad? Dad. Who is a bajillionaire and who arranges the murder of his wife yep. because his wife is leaving him and she says he wants. She wants half his money. He finds out about the Ponzi, Ponzi That's scheme. That's right, yeah. yeah she, the wife finds out about the Ponzi yeah. scheme. Yeah. Yeah. That Henry's running. This is uh, – no wonder it's so confusing. It's very because confusing. he's a millionaire. He's running a Ponzi scheme, so he's also a crook. There's also Mia. Oh, And it's funny because yeah. on page, like, 50, Bill's at his drinking hole, which is actually called The Hole, I think, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's called the whole something. Yeah. And it's where the cops all, to, all go to drink. And it literally says, a woman appears from the staff-only door. And immediately I was like, love interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, she becomes Bill's love interest. Yeah. I didn't like it at first. I thought she was significantly younger than him. Like, it was probably just my assumption, though. She was a well, bartender. He's, he's like a widow, so yes. he's had multiple marriages in the past. But it turns out he's 35. Yeah, he's 35 and she's like late 20s. So right. it's not it's not creepy. But it's okay. But he does call her a kid at some point, at one point. Okay, maybe. So that I Is can that why? understand okay. that that's why yeah. you and it's just like I just don't like people who are working having to be hit on. I guess you're a bartender, you kind of expect it. But like, ugh. Yes, <laughs> just, agree. Just allow me to do my job without getting hit on. Like, he was fine in the end, but I think he was a little bit creepy. Hard to agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so Mia. And they have this joke about her name because she says, call me Mia. And, but he's like, but what's your name? And she won't tell him. Oh, yeah. Remember that? And what then was it, her name? It yeah. turns out her name is Michelangela. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and she couldn't say her name when she was a little girl and so they called her she called herself Mia and yeah, it stuck that's definitely the parents to blame them yes. <laughs> for that one I really wanted her to be like an infiltrate or something like a bad guy oh that would have been good because yeah, her character kind of went nowhere that's true yeah they did they even end up in the end it mm. seemed to allude to the fact that they yeah were gonna end up together in the end because I think he was about to die or something and she was the only one that he was thinking of. That's right. Yeah, and there's also Logan, who's the who's the teenager. I guess she's a side character. Oh, the daughter who yeah approaches Billy about yeah. her parents. And then there's also Veronica, who is Mason's sister, who's trapped. Oh yes, yes. So Donnie kidnapped her, mm-hmm. and then only after he takes her to the house where they're holding her in the basement yeah. realizes that she has a an illness that she needs medication for yeah. and then so he's reporting all this to Henry so Henry tells him he has to go back to get the medication mm. because the reason they're holding her is to make Mason do what they want him to do yeah. and that won't work if she dies yeah. so when this is the reason why when Billy is gone to arrest Mason Mm -hmm. that Donnie just happens to be there yeah so it's not really a coincidence but kind of still a bit far-fetched isn't it (laughs) it is okay maybe we should talk about how we feel about this book (laughs) because I feel like pros and cons about Mm -hmm. this book Mm -hmm. shall I talk about that okay 
it's extremely tropey, as you can yeah. maybe hear. But I can see why people like it because it, like like Jazz said, these are really short chapters, so it moves along really mm. quickly, and you're thrown in right from the beginning, mm. and you're just chugging along like you're on a train. There is no downtime. It's just like boom, boom, boom. Things are happening. Yeah. Literally boom sometimes. <laughs> There's lots of <laughs> lots explosions. Of booms, lots of booms. And, and, well, and escape from the prison. That's um, right. Yeah, we, I guess we should talk, we could talk about the titular escape as well. Yeah. But it's kind of like, an episode of Law and Order mm. in like a movie, and there's super snappy dialogue that I can, I can hear it, but I can hear it like not as in a real conversation, but I can hear it like on an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like this. It doesn't. It's not that it rings true, but it rings like something I've heard on TV. Yeah. So, it's good. Yeah. In that way. So that's the prose, I guess. Like, I'm glad I read it because I understand why people would like to read something like this. It's kind of like mind candy. You don't yeah. have to concentrate too hard, despite you and I having trouble <laughs> remembering like, anything. Yeah. Exactly pinpointing the plot. Like, I think it, it was is this quite particular confusing. book. It was confusing. Maybe. I don't know if we needed more background around Billy or anything. Would have that helped? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that that's the bit that's confusing. Like, mm. I, I just. Like, I f while I was reading, I felt like it was okay, but yeah. at the end, I was kind of a bit like, w so wait, who was w what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was thinking about doing the podcast, yeah, reading the book was fine, but then I was just like, how do I explain this book or the plot or what was going on it's and how it all, like, relates, even how it's all connected kind of thing? It's really tricky. Because there is a lot. There is a lot. It's and like if you, I feel like if you wanted to do a good job of it, you, we'd have to graph it out yeah. on the whiteboard and like, you know, connect people together. Like cops yes. do in investigations. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have done do that. that. <laughs> yes. But so that's the the pro column yeah. for I, me. I think this is what I was expecting out of this James Patterson book. Yeah. yeah. I was expecting a fast read easy to read chapters and a lot of action and that's what was going on here yes you definitely get that yeah so I just want to read another quote from that article I mentioned James Patterson and how he writes and the fact that he's so prolific and it says competing against the likes of James Patterson and Stephen King and Michael Connolly has created a far from equal playing field for writers looking to get their work seen by audiences the more space the content farms take up on the shelves the more the odds get stacked against new talent getting discovered mm. so I think so I've said all those pros, but herein lies the con. I'm glad that I know what people enjoy about James Patterson's books, but I, I, I would stress that it's good to read widely. Yes. And read books from different voices. Yeah. I'm always banging on about representation. Yeah. But, you know, it said something like, you know, the publishing industry, like 75% of the writers, this is from a 2020 article, I think, are white. Mm. And that's not re representative of the audience of people who are reading. So I think, like, James Patterson got into some trouble earlier in the year for saying that, I don't know if you saw any of this, but that it's, like, hard for old white guys to, you know, to get published. And everyone uh, was just like, yeah. could you please not be yeah. so obtuse? Like, yeah. step out of your privileged, bubble where... Yeah. Privileged, yeah. yeah. Where he, he's, his estimated net worth is $800 million. Yeah. Dollars yeah. And see that actually you know, most of the people who get published are white, so. I think the newer generations are reading more broadly, though, and there are there is more representation in authors, which is great. Yes. But, yeah, 
can they have more shelf space <laughs> at yes. our library, please? Yes, please. <laughs> Less Joe Hudson, more everybody else. Everyone else. <laughs> yes. So I'm glad I read this, yep. but I'm also glad that it's not my usual read. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's not the genre that I usually read and I'm very attracted to covers as well. And all James Patterson's covers look very similar. Yes. Although I have to say... Ours yeah, are different. <laughs> yeah. look, look on our Instagram page because Jazz's cover looks different from mine. And I would say my cover is more appealing to me than yours. I think mine has a like a, a abandoned looking house that makes it seem spooky. Yeah, mine is red and black with a van. Yeah. So very, yeah, very thrillery. <laughs> do we do a good job of discussing James Patterson's book? Oh, no. <laughs> well, we didn't come to the ending. So they all end up in prison at the same time. Yes, for very convoluted reasons. Yeah. But Henry plans that. He yes. wants to be in prison with Mason because he's, they stole the $20 million from him. He wants to talk to Jericho. He wants to, yeah. He wants to arrange to get his $20 million back and then he's going to... Hand over Veronica. Yes, and then, oh, no, but he says he's going to yeah. hand over Veronica, but actually he's planning to kill them both. Yeah. And then he's going to, like, jump on a jet or something and yeah. get out of Fly there. Away. Yeah. So he orchestrates a prison, a jailbreak. Yeah, which was interesting. Yeah. I thought that was interesting how they, like, step by step. Oh, because it turns out that he's, like, got a background where he's, I think it was in a military background mm. and he was the guy who planned military escapes. Yeah. And so they, when Billy realizes that, he realizes, oh, he's going to plan a prison break and he does and it's yeah. meticulously planned and by the time Billy gets there, he sees two sets of, was it like gas masks and something else, mm. like discarded by the fence with a note saying, hey, Billy, are we having fun yet? Yeah. <laughs> so creepy. Yeah. Henry kills Jericho takes Mason to the place where he's holding Veronica, gets Mason to transfer the 20 mil over, but finds out in the end that Mason only transferred, was it 20 Colombian? Pesos. Pesos or something yeah. like that. Mason, equated, yeah. yeah, Mason double-crossed him. Yeah, which equated to like $5,000 or something like that. Yes. And... Oh, somebody we haven't talked about is Billy Harney's father. Yes. So Billy Harney's father is also an ex-cop mm -hmm. who was crooked. Mm -hmm. He was uh, taking bribes, I think. Yeah. And he was, so that for that reason, he's in prison. And mm -hmm. Billy has this kind of love-hate relationship with him, with his dad and what his dad's done in the past. But his dad insists that he did it all for the family and tried to keep his family separate from the dirty underdealings of the crime world. Mm -hmm. And right at the end oh we didn't talk about his sister patty as well but anyway patty runs in at the end and billy thinks that she's gonna say that their dad committed suicide but actually he's broken out of prison mm. so i guess that is going to be where the next book starts yeah. off and the way that billy catches up with henry in the end is because his father calls him and tells him where he is isn't it that's right, yes. But I don't really know what that link between Henry and his father was. I guess f the point was that f his father still has connections to everybody mm. from his time when he used to be crooked and doing all this stuff. Because from the beginning, his dad was one step ahead of him and knew, for example, that Billy was going to be put on this special task force mm. and things like that. And, and Billy was like, how does he know these things? But yeah. it's because he continues to have these connections with the crime okay. world. Yeah. Mm. 
The other thing that I don't like about this book is I feel a bit gross about how he uses sex trafficking and targeting African-American girls and women as a plot point, mm. but in a really superficial way. Mm. So it's like doesn't solve anything, doesn't like dig deeper and look at, you know, are these things really happening, first of all? Yeah. And you know, why would the person target African-American girls? It's just a plot point. Yeah. And it. It added no value to the story. And I think a lot of this was just like that. It was just like very surface. It was very surface. Very, very surface. So I think that's one of the things that annoyed me. Maybe because so much was going on. If they were into every minor detail in this book, then it would have been like massive. A thousand (laughs) pages as it is. And probably harder to follow. Yes. Definitely. But it was very surface. And I guess that's what people want from Mm. James Patterson but I would encourage people you know if you're you want to beach read then yeah absolutely Mm. but you know sometimes I think it's good to and I know you have to be in the right headspace for this as well it can't be all the time but sometimes yeah let's read something else that delves deeper and questions norms and attitudes and stereotypes and prejudices yeah that this absolutely does not do (laughs) (laughs) and even though it was just it was such a fast-paced, easy read. I was getting bored a little bit of it by the end of it. like Because it was convoluted? Maybe. Maybe I was losing interest because I was finding it hard to follow a, mm. follow along. Or maybe I just wasn't interested in it because there was no depth really to it. Yeah, it's all um, very surfacey. Yeah, mm. maybe that was it as well. But mm. yeah, I was just like, oh, I kind of want this to be over with now. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably wanted maybe more of a twist at the end. Right. I don't know. There was kind of the, I guess the, the twist was that Mason didn't transfer the 20 million dollars yeah. and it was just five thousand dollars that wasn't such a big twist yeah though. but that's like I said like maybe if Mia was involved somehow getting some inside information that would have been a great twist yeah something like that I think it just needed that extra I don't know wow factor at the end you should write James Patterson and tell him <laughs> your ideas <laughs> <Ghost writer. laughs> yeah. no no thank you <laughs> so, do you want to talk about other books you've read I don't know can we give it a oh, rating? A star rating? Star rating. I did give it a star rating. I gave it a two. Oh, okay. I gave it a three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was fast paced, short chapters. I can see why people like it. Super mm-hmm. snappy dialogue, yep. but just extremely surfacey and does not ask any questions. I won't be reading another James Patterson book, probably. Same. Maybe the Dolly Parton one, <laughs> just because <laughs> I'm interested. I won't be reading the Dolly Parton James Patterson <laughs> book. I mean, Dolly, like how much involvement? It depends on how much involvement Dolly had. Yeah. It would be nice to have some more female representation, yeah. maybe. I wonder if he writes with any other female authors, because I don't know that I've seen any. No, mm. well, but I haven't really looked at his, yeah. I generally catalog, so no. this is the first <laughs> time I've probably looked into James. So same, he could, yeah. Hmm. hmm, interesting. Okay, yes, other books that we've read this past month or so. Yes, I must admit that I did not finish any books other than this one this month, but I started a whole bunch. Yeah. so I thought I could talk about that. That's good. <laughs> okay, I've had two months since the last one. So oh yes, you've had more time than me. <laughs> I feel better now. So one of the ones that I started and didn't finish was the Woman Beyond the Attic, the VC Andrews story by Andrew Niederman. Mm. Did you read any mm. VC Andrews growing up? Okay, no. I'm showing my age, but like yeah, back in the eighties, VC Andrews was my jam, <laughs> and so I thought it would be interesting. And it sounds like she had a really interesting life like I don't think she ever had a partner or anything and she had these challenging health issues 
and a really domineering mother. So it kind of sounded like she used aspects of her life when she was writing these stories about, do you know the V.C. Andrews? Like the, the famous one is Flowers in the Attic, which mm-hmm. is about these this kind, not evil mother, but this narcissistic mother that her husband dies and she's trying to, you know, capture her a new dad for her I think there are four children and so while she's out gallivanting and partying trying to woo a new daddy for her kids she Mm. keeps them locked up in the attic for a very long time and then the two older children there's incest involved it's yeah Mm. and um Anyway, I thought that I would like to read about V.C. Andrews, but it turned out it just didn't grab me. It was not that exciting. Okay. So, so how far did you get through? Not very far. No. <laughs> that's good. No, that's but fine. If yeah. you're not into a book, yeah. it's fine. Move on. Move on. Life's too short. Too many books to read. You're- Likewise, Back to the Prairie by Melissa Gilbert. <laughs> Jazz is laughing at me because, I don't know, like once a month I ring up Little House on the Prairie for whatever reason. I like love Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> have you ever watched it? No. You have to watch it. You have think, to watch it. I think episode. I watched a YouTube clip or something after you, the first time I heard you talk about it. Yeah, and actually I'm saying watch it, but I tried to watch it and I couldn't find anywhere to watch it. Yeah. We might have DVDs in our catalogue, but not sure. Anyway, I thought it would be about her time on the show. So Melissa Gilbert played Laura Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie, and I thought it might be about her time on the show, but it's about her moving away from Hollywood and not to the prairie exactly, but to rural Michigan. Okay. And so that's not what I wanted to read about. Sorry, Melissa Gilbert. So I didn't finish that either. And the other one is Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Mm. Benjamin Stevenson. So I started this because Jane Harper recommended it. And the only reason I didn't finish it was because I was listening to it on BorrowBox and this sounds bad, like you shouldn't use BorrowBox. Definitely use BorrowBox. Yeah. It just failed on me this one time. All I had to do was shut it down and restart it again. But I was driving at the time, so I couldn't do that. That's never happened to me on BorrowBox. It's never happened to me before yeah. or since. So that was just some glitchy thing. Mm. Don't um, come for me, BorrowBox. But because <laughs> you're a good app. You're yeah, a really we good love app. you, BorrowBox. We love BorrowBox. And that doesn't usually happen. But this is a murder mystery that's very meta. Mm-hmm. So kind of like in the way book lovers leaned into the romance tropes, mm-hmm. this leans into the murder mystery tropes in this really fun way yeah and like at the beginning it says what if i spoiled the entire book in the first page can i build a crime novel out of it and he's like constantly breaking the fourth wall and to have in this really like chatty way with the reader like saying things like the murders will occur in chapters 38 40 and 44 and stuff like that i it's really engaging Mm. and I like how it acknowledges all the murder mystery tropes and really leans into it. So I have I didn't finish it, but I plan to because it it's good. good. Yeah, cool. Alrighty. Do you want to talk about your reads? Yes. So I read Being Lolita, a memoir, and then once it came up in this book, I was just like, oh, it's probably too much. Too much, <laughs> too much Lolita. Too, too much with Lolita references <laughs> for one month. But anyway, so is that by Alison Wood? Okay. So a memoir by Ellison Wood. Oh, um, it's a memoir. Yeah, ah. so true. Mm. She retells her relationship with her high school teacher, English oh. teacher, Mr so- North. Sounds very much like... My Dark Vanessa. Yes, thank you. So have you read that? Yes, we uh, read it for the podcast, actually. Uh, okay, I have to listen to that because I was yeah reading a lot of Goodreads reviews and they're like, it's very similar to My Dark Vanessa. Yes, it sounds yeah. like that. Yeah. I'll wait a couple of months and then maybe <laughs> read that book. <laughs> if you haven't had enough of Lolita, <laughs> Lolita. So she was seduced by her teacher 
And he was teaching her the story of Lolita. That's how he got her involved with that. And nothing physical occurs until after she finishes high school. But they do meet up, they pass notes, and it's very grooming. I was going to say. <laughs> it's grooming. Groom much? Grooming. <laughs> so they do get together after she graduates. But obviously the relationship is very manipulative and abusive. Mm. And she leaves him eventually. And it's not until afterwards when she rereads Lolita and she actually becomes a professor and teaches it that she realizes that yeah it's not a beautiful love story Mm. it is a story of grooming and predatory behavior yeah and people taking advantage of their uh, power power yeah power imbalance yeah so that was interesting I give that probably about three stars out of five okay and I also read Devotion ah. because on Box it was one of those you don't have to wait to read. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we love Box, <laughs> <laughs> And so I love Devotion. You loved so, it? Yes. Okay. So um, definitely if you haven't listened, listen to you guys' podcast about it. We did it. Yes. Yes. And also Hannah Kent came to the Cultural Centre and so we recorded that and that's also available on the podcast as well. Yeah. But it was just a beautiful love story mm, it was yeah <laughs> between Hannah and Thea yeah I was not prepared I won't say what it is in case people haven't read it but I wasn't not prepared for the direction that it went no in. and for it to happen so early in the book mm. but I I loved Hannah's connection to nature mm, and yes. it was so gorgeous yeah. yeah loved it and set in South Australia yes amazing Actually, that is a good segue into what we want to talk about next. Mm. Normally, we talk about books that are coming out soon, but we thought instead we would talk about our summer reading challenge. We're super excited. It's happening for the months of December, January, and February, and what it is is it's kind of like a summer reading club but for adults Mm. we are challenging you to read one book a month for the months the summer months of december january february yeah and what we've put together are some reading prompts and the the reason why i said about this segue is because one of the reading prompts for example is read a book by a south australian author and so hannah kent is in our list for that one so we've got a heap of bookmarks that you can come in they're so gorgeous they're so colorful i love them so much i know you you you'll if you come into the library you'll see them displayed and they're beautiful fun summer colors and yes like i said on the front it'll say something like read a book by a south australian author and on the back of the bookmark it'll give you a lot of suggestions Mm, yeah for what you could read there's heaps of different prompts as well yes there are nine Nine. different prompts Yeah, and if you can't come in to the library, if you're listening to us from somewhere else, you can go on our website and all of the nine prompts with the examples are on there as well. So we'll put a link to that in our show notes. Yeah, I checked out the website today. It looks so cool. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, Yeah. so many suggestions. Yes, and then what you can do is you can fill out one of our summer reading challenge forms with your name and details and then tell us the title of the book that you read give it a rating out of five stars and then submit it to us and you go in our draw to win a prize (gasps) yes so fun so reading and the potential to win a prize Win-win. What's that to like? (laughs) Win-win. One of the prompts is read a book reviewed by our Literary Anything podcast. (gasps) Which one would you choose to read again? I'm looking at the back now. I think it would be, Jane would not agree with me, The Midnight Library. Let me have a look. Yeah, have a look. Oh, Larimer. I've read Larimer. Oh, you read that one? 
what which one haven't I read? Have you read Make, most of them? No. <laughs> <laughs> the truth <laughs> comes out. <laughs> I read Midnight Library. I like that book. Oh, you liked it too. Yeah. yeah, Jane didn't agree with me. Maybe a slow fire burning. Mm, I wasn't a fan. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Paul okay, Hawkins. Cool. I like this one. Set read a book set in an intriguing place. Ooh, cool. That's a good prompt. They've, there are things on here like The Promise by Damon Galgut, which won the Booker mm, Prize. Yep. So anyway, lots of great prompts and suggestions. If you're having trouble figuring out what to read next, you've got time off over summer and you're thinking, what am I going to read? Yep. We've got answers for you. And a great way to kickstart the new year as well and your reading. Yeah, absolutely. And a great way to model for your children, if you've got kids, that reading is for life. Yeah. Yes. Yay. Model the behavior that you want to see in your kids. So we're not going to announce our book for January just yet because as usual, we're going to do our wrap up episode halfway through December. We're going to talk about all our favorite books from the year, our pod- favorite podcast books from the year and what you've loved, what you've borrowed. We'll have our top 10 most borrowed books for the year as well. So, so much fun. Yeah. Tune back in in a couple weeks and we'll bring you that and we'll announce our January book. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Because if, because if it weren't for Logan, just randomly approaching Billy in the street after seeing him on TV, Mm. he wouldn't be. Oh, wait. No, that's a different (laughs) (laughs) storyline. Have you seen that meme? What's it from? And it's the guy sitting in front of the whiteboard and it's just like this. Oh yeah, that sounds kind of familiar. Maybe is that from? Is it horrible bosses? <laughs> this meme. Oh yes, you're gonna have to put. You're gonna okay. There's a meme, and Chad's gonna put it. You should put it on the, the Instagram page. This so is how we see. look like. Yeah. Just describing this book right now. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's perfect. <laughs> Find that on our Instagram later, because <laughs> that's gonna describe this whole podcast. Yes.